Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dasius um, with another episode, Divine Perfect Podcast. Um, this episode, the management, that's you for C management, they will manage your property for various services. We have a wonderful guest. This is a friend, first friend when I came here in the United States. Um, Mr. Vladimir, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Eddie. Thank you for for having me on. Uh, definitely. So we, we will start with our intro and then we will be back. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Yes, uh, like we said, if you're looking for facility services, there's no other company you need to call. It's 617-237-0106. That's is FM.com. That's his facility management. They will manage your property with your various services, cleaning, vendor management, project management, and they will make sure your property stay the best. All right. So like we said, we have a wonderful guest, Vladimir Alden Jr. Um, Vladimir, how are you today, man? I'm doing well, doing very well. Um, I'm excited for this. Um, I've wanted to do this podcast for a little bit now, and we're finally doing it, so let's do it. Yeah, so one one thing we like to do is to kind of go deep and, and dive deep into your past. So the best question is to, to start this show is, what can you tell us about you, Vladimir? Well, um, I mean, there's all, there's so much, but <laughs> I guess I, I guess um, you know I'm I'm Vladimir Arvin Jr. I was born in Haiti, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, um, and I came to the U.S. when I was 15, and I was back in 2005. I've been I've been in Boston since. Um, went to high school in Boston, um, went to college in Boston, and then now I'm working at a um, environmental slash engineering consulting company out in New End, Massachusetts, which is maybe, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes away from Boston. I also um, host a podcast, which is called the Poor Fan Sports Podcast. Yeah. Um, it comes out weekly on YouTube. Um, I'm also working on a couple other projects. Um, <laughs> those should come out pretty soon as well so um yeah that's me oh wow thank you for sharing so and you say you were born in haiti can you take uh, our viewers our listeners to your like your upbringing or was it going up in haiti it was great i mean you know i don't know like i i, I think at heart i'm i'm this haitian kid that never want to left its country right so i yeah. think um, due, due to the, some of the circumstances of the country, such as insecurity and um, things being just a lot more expensive, I think my parents just had to find a better place for me to succeed and um, 
and giving me more better opportunities, right? But I think growing up in Haiti, I just, I grew up in this little town called La Boule, um, which is a little bit outside of Port-au-Prince. Uh, well, it's in Port-au-Prince, but outside of the men's um, center of the city. Um, and, you know, I went to um, elementary school, kindergarten, um, also middle school and, um, and, you know, I grew up, both of my parents were in Haiti. I grew up with um, one of my sisters. Um, she's maybe four years younger than me. And then later on, I, um, I had another sister. She's um, about 12 years younger than me. Um, but I mostly grew up with her here in the U.S. But I don't know, grew up in Haiti was awesome. I really enjoyed it. It was just, I felt free. I just, you know, Haiti's home. So, like, even, even when I, I went back maybe 10 years ago and yeah. it was one of the best feelings ever you know it just it just feels like there's no pressure you just feel at home you just feel relaxed so um going up Haiti was awesome uh, that's all I can say I mean there's nothing specific I can um specifically share but I just I just love being at home like there's nothing like home that's <laughs> you're right you're right you're right so so can you share with us what uh what 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 are the three most challenging um, events in your life? And how do they challenge you? Wow, that's um, that's tough, right? So I think I think there's a lot, right? And I think one, the first one I would say was moving from Haiti to America. And I think as a young kid, At the time, I was 14, turning 15. Yeah. Um, it was exciting moving to America, but I think once you get here, you face the challenges of learning a new language, assimilate to a new culture, going yeah. to a new school, um, just trying to fit in. And I just remember having a really hard time doing that. And I remember um, I was at home and I kind of broke down and I just started crying and I just started talking to my dad about how I just wish I was back home, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it was tough because I was, I was very excited to be here because you know, it's America, like you're yeah. excited to be in America, but I just remember like the difficulty of assimilating and also being bullied because, you know, you didn't speak English very well and being yeah. bullied because you were different. Um, That was a very challenge. That was very challenging in the beginning. I mean, I feel as though I got over it pretty quickly because I made some friends and I sort of assimilated it pretty quickly. But that that transformation was very hard for me in the beginning, for sure. So uh, um, allow me to kind of press more on, on it. Um, so we we talk about it and we we refer it as a culture shock. And I had a guest, she was saying, even when she was on the plane, like even eating a hamburger, she was like, that's different because she she used to see this type of meal only on TV. Yeah. But you said um, coming, coming in the United States, being here, trying to fit in was difficult. Can you share why and how did you really manage? I know you mentioned you had some friends, but how did, what was your mindset? To kind of get over this situation you know i i think um what was difficult about it was that you were different 
So because yeah. you were different, the students, the kids at the school treated you differently. Yeah. I, I was I was bullied and I was bullied and also the language was I mean, I had I had learned some English in Haiti and I was okay, but you still struggled, right? A little bit to to get used to speaking English and yeah. comfortable in that. And I remember one thing what was what was really hard for me. I was really good at math, so that wasn't an issue. But when it came to English class, I remember that was a little difficult for me just okay. writing and writing a whole essay. In <laughs> writing a whole essay in English. Wow. I think that was that was really hard for me, you know, and I think that really, that was one of the reasons why I broke down that night when I was talking to my dad. I think I was just, I didn't think it was going to be that hard. And then just writing in English was the hardest part. And then, like I said, you were so, you were different. You didn't speak English very well. So some of the students who just weren't nice about that, they would kick you or they would hate you or say mean things. Mean things yeah. yeah, so that was hard. So the way I dealt with it was, um, you know, I had a couple other Haitian friends at school. Okay. So I just started, you know, hanging out with them a lot more. Um, yeah, and I think they just started making me feel more comfortable. You know, you, you kind of have to find your where where you fit in, right? So I just knew that, okay, there's this Haitian kid. His name was Serge. There was another Haitian kid. His name was Ed. And I just started hanging out with them a lot more, and they started making me feel comfortable. They so um, I started speaking English to them, and my English started getting better because you know, yeah. So, but yeah, you just you just find small little ways to just assimilate. And yeah, keep going, keep going forward, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I'm gonna switch to like your professional side because. I like to look look at a person's journey and then see the path, the the world map. How did you get here? So my question to you: What was your dream job in high school, mm-hmm. college, and now? <laughs> if, if, if they are the same, great. But if they, yeah. change, I'd like to know about it. That is so funny. I think it's I don't even I don't even know what my dream job was in high school because. I think when you come from Haiti and you come here, you're being exposed to so many different things that I'm not even sure what my dream job was. I think I was just happy just being exposed to so excuse me, so many different kind of um, opportunities that I was just very open. But I just remember in Haiti, I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. Um, or, or a lawyer. Yeah. I, I think I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer. And then um, in high school, I wasn't sure yet. I wasn't sure if I wanted to be an engineer. Yeah. I wanted to do some social work. And then toward the end of high school, toward senior year, I was working at a domestic violence prevention um, program. Okay. And, and I really liked the work that I was doing there. I was, I was, I was in the community. I was, um, I was basically playing the role of a community organizer and I really enjoyed that where I was going out talking to people in the community trying to find out what issues that they're having helping them solve those issues I really enjoyed that so I think toward the end of high school I was like yeah I want to be a community organizer and and I was very much into that and then when I got into college 
I started taking some community organizing classes. And I was like, oh, this is kind of, I kind of like this, but maybe I can challenge myself a, a little bit more. Okay. Then I changed my, I changed my, um, my focus on engineering, and I and I graduated uh, from um, Waterbury Community College with a uh, associate in engineering. Yeah. Um, and then once I graduated from Waterbury Community College, um, they helped me find a job, and they found they helped me find a job at the company that I'm working at now, which is called Environmental Health and Engineering. Okay. It's located in New Massachusetts, and my work is mostly based on environmental science, industrial hygiene, um, and also some engineering, some building engineering, such as wow. HVAC systems. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's a it's a it's a consulting job, so we do a variety of things. We don't focus on okay. only one thing. Um, but I really enjoy my job. I've been here for it'll be nine years in October. Wow, nine so, years. Yeah, so, yeah. Let's talk about it. Nine years in a job, man. <laughs> How did you last that long? <laughs> I don't know. So when I when I first got here, I've, when I first got here. You know, I was trying to get comfortable, trying to understand what the job was about. Yeah. But I think I think for me it's the people. The people that I work with, they're awesome, they're great, they're very helpful. Um they they just made me feel one welcome, but also I never feel as though I'm competing against people or there's yeah. politics or anything like that. I just always felt like if I needed help with something, if I needed help figure out something, somebody yeah. would help me. Um, the other thing I like about the job is it's a consulting job. So you're never doing the same thing every day. Every yeah. day I'm doing, I'm, almost every day I'm doing something different. I'm going to MIT. I'm working with MIT. I'm working with Harvard. I'm working with um, Mass General Hospital. I'm yeah. working with so many different high profile client um i'm flying to st louis i'm flying to cincinnati i'm flying wow. all over the country so it it keeps you very interested it, and i'm also learning a lot of new stuff so every not every day but i would say i learned something new i don't know every month i'm learning something new i'm learning a different um way of solving my client's project you know what i mean so i think it keeps me very engaged it keeps me keeps it very exciting and the people are great and i think that's really what keeps me here what have kept me here for the nine years uh, no, that's that's very very interesting to hear so I, I'll, I'll i'll go with you with this question so what is the most lesson you have learned over your career so far Wow, that's the biggest lessons I've learned is I've learned a lot of different lessons, but um, you know, one of the important lessons I've learned is to be dependable. Like I think mm. one, one, one. Like I think if you talk to the people here where I work, I think they would say that you you can always you know that you can always depend on Vlad, and I think being dependable being available and dependable just mm. makes me a very, very reliable um worker and i think that 
that for me at Lazo just helped me understand like how to increase your value, right? Like yeah. like how to increase your value as in, hey, this guy we know we know we can always rely on Vlad and in Afrasu that always that always help rise my stock as a as an employee, right? Like this yeah. we can always go to Vlad if we need to get something done. Um yeah, and I think just being available, just being, you know, I think some one thing they say in sports is your availability is your best um, ability, right? Yeah. So, and I think one thing for me is um, I'm always available to help. Um, I'm always available to help people that have helped me, people that um, just got to the company, helping them. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. So... What would you say this come from? Be having this mindset? Is it from your parents? If it's from uh, a mentor? If it's from a friend? Can you share? Yeah, no, that's that's also a good question. Um, well, it it comes from multiple people. It comes from my parents as well. I mean, my mom is one of those people that like she never takes a day off. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's always working. So. Uh, my mom could work seven days. My mom is probably 62 now, and she can still work seven days a week. And you can't tell if she's tired or not. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and I think that that's a big part of it as well. But um, one of one of my coworkers, um, I you know when I first got to the company, um, I started hanging out with him and just trying to learn because he had been at the job five years before I got here. Okay. I started learning the job through him and he was sort of teaching me the ways. And um, so I, I, I kind of learned how to be good at my job through him. And also he's one of those people that's always available, that's very dependable. And I kind of learned through him as well, just to, just how to, not only be successful at my job, but like, what does it take to like be somebody that people trust, somebody that people can go to whenever they need help? Um, and that's all being dependable and being available. That's how I learned that. So um, I, I'll go like back to to your 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 upbringing. Let's talk about your your um, also dynamic. How was it going up? I know you just mentioned that your mom she worked and i think that's all haitian we work yeah, hard yeah. <laughs> so how was it for you can you can you share with us the dynamic of your of your household um you know growing up um you know i grew up with my mom and my dad in the house and i had my younger sister um regine um so it was the four of us growing up mostly um and you know, I, I think my, my mom had always worked. Um, when I turned eight, she opened her own um, her own corner store in Haiti, um, what we call a boutique. Um, yeah. And she had that for a long time. And, and her corner store is really what fed us and okay. um, kept us going. And, um, you know, she did really well for herself. My mom was always somebody that's a go-getter. She's, you know, She's never really been the one to work for other people. Not that she has. She has in the past, but she's always found a way to open her own store or like, or help out open a restaurant or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
she's she's always been a go-getter so um and then my dad worked um two jobs while he while he was in haiti one job in the morning one job at night so i grew up with not only both parents in the house but two hard-working parents as well so yeah i would say that that was my upbringing oh wow man so what is the best compliment you ever gotten <laughs> um wow that's the best compliment i've ever gotten i feel as though i thought about that not too long ago um you know i'm i'm not i, I think i'm not the best at receiving compliments and the best at i'm not the best at accepting them and saying thank you but um you know i i think i think usually it's it's thank you for helping me right like i think it's something as simple as that it's okay. like thank you for helping me right so i feel as though i'm the um the way I, i see myself i i just like to help people i just like to help people um come up so i'm like for example at my company um I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm at a pretty medium, mid-level. Okay. I'm a mid, mid-level employee, and I feel as though I take a lot of joy in helping some of the new employees get better, learn, yeah. learn the way through. And I think whenever somebody say thank you for helping me, I think that's what makes me happy. Like I was able to help somebody in any way that is right. Even when it comes to my friends, my family, um, whenever I'm helping somebody get better or helping somebody achieve something helping somebody just in any way that possible helping make helping make somebody else days better making somebody smile like helping somebody in any way that is i think that's when i feel that's when i feel the most joy so whenever somebody is thankful for me helping them i feel like that's the that's my biggest compliment like thank you glad you helped me achieve this or you help you help me get this in any way so that's 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 usually my when i'm when i feel the most fulfilled oh wow man so let's go with this so who has been your most important professional mentor Oh, wow. Um, my most professional mentor. You know, the, I've never had a official mentor, like somebody that's like always helping me throughout my career. I've always looked after certain people. Like I've seen the way they, I've seen the way they function at work or the way they get their work done. Yeah, and I've been like, oh wow, I like that guy. Then I I try to become their friend, and I try to mirror everything they do. You know, what I'm trying to say. So, um, my current my my current um my current supervisor um he's just really he's just a really good person um yeah. and he's just very patient and he is also he always has time to answer any questions i have and okay. no no question is stupid no question is not worth his time he always has time to answer any question and also even even when i'm struggling right so sometimes i'm overwhelmed with multiple different projects multiple reports he's always offering help you know it's never 
it's never glad you messed up and you didn't get that done it's or how can i help you because you seem overwhelmed and and you know he's i don't want to say he's the most important mentor i ever had but he's definitely one of the most impactful mentors just in the way that he leads the way he supervises the way he because he's my manager, right? So the, the way he manages me is just imp- inspiring. And I, I never feel like I'm not enough when it comes to him. I always feel as though I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but sometimes I need help. So I appreciate that from him. And uh, like, uh, and, and people can see that this, there's uh, like a genuine energy coming in, you explaining that uh, mentality where when you... You at your worst, you're vulnerable, and then you're asking for help, and that person is ready to kind of lift you up and then give you that opportunity to get the done, um, the job done. So, oh, yeah. let's. So I'll I'll go to a personal um, history because I uh, I think I just said it first time here, and I love basketball. I, I love soccer. I think we share the same interest for yeah. sports and. I went to Phil's Corner and you were there with your friend and take take us to that journey. <laughs> <laughs> I um so I think this was back in 2012, I yeah. think. Yeah. 2012, I think. And so we used to play basketball um at the Fields Corner Park across the Fields Corner Plaza um in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Yeah, so me me and my friend Derek, we, we would Every summer, we would go to the park at least a couple times a week. Yeah. That's, that's just, that was just our thing. Like, we will go to the park a couple times a week to play basketball. And then we'll play with, with whoever we find at the park. Yeah. And then one day, we went to the park. We saw this guy. You know, he looks like... I don't even know. He looks like Zach Randolph. Like, if you <laughs> if you follow basketball, it's... Yeah, like, Zach Randolph. He, yeah. He looks like Zach Randolph. And I'm like, all right... And then I think we got there, and I think I could tell you spoke Creole or something. I don't remember how I found yeah. that out, but so I, was, I had the H in my in my forehead, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, he speaks Creole." Okay, okay, okay. And then and I was, "Oh, he's good too." Like I was like, "Oh, this guy's good." So me and it was me, Derek. I think me and Derek was on the same team, and it was you and some other guy. On the yeah. Team. And then we played that first game, and it was good. It was a good game. And I was like, this guy knows how to play, too. He's pretty good at basketball. And I remember just, I remember me and Derek just saying, you know, like, oh, we found out you just got here. You just came from Haiti not too long ago. And and I was like, oh, yeah, let's be friends. Whenever you want to play basketball, just let us know. And I think we exchanged phone numbers back then. That's then when, yeah, yeah. Whenever we play basketball, we we'll like call Eddie and we'll be like, "Hey, we at the park. If you want to play basketball." Yo, and and I appreciate that, man, because you you allowed me to to adjust. Because at first, so I spent six months in Tampa, Florida, and then I moved to Massachusetts, and where. It's a culture shock, different environment, and I, I came to that park, and you guys are playing, and you you were to say, oh yeah, let's go play, you know. <laughs> I, I was kind of shy, didn't know, you know. So, but we we spoke that 
I'm speak, I speak Creole and mostly at the time and yeah. you helped me you definitely helped me and I think we we play since then we never play against each other yeah, yeah. it's been it's been a long time yeah no no what I mean I play against you that first time and then we always play in the same team yeah. against everybody else and you were like a coach tell me what to do <laughs> go 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 low you know that was yeah. fun. That was fun. That was fun. And I think one time you called me, and that was my first time going to the beach in Weaver Beach. And you say, "Hey Eddie, let's go take the train, and we we'll go to the beach, and we play football this that." Yo, yo, yo! That was fun too. Yo, that was fun. That was a great yeah. time. Great time. Yeah, I remember that day. I when whenever I think of Eddie, I always think about the day we went to the beach. I was like, you know, me and Eddie, we definitely had a good time because it wasn't just about playing basketball in football, yeah. but like I remember Derek and I were like, yo, let's go to the beach and then we went to the beach, we played football. That was yeah. great. Yo, that we was- had a great time, definitely. So let's switch to like now you you owning you're in your job now and what's the future hold for you now? Well now I'm I mean I'm here. I've I've um I've grown in this job a lot. Um, I've gotten three different, um, um, what do you call that? Um, promotion. promotion three different promotions. Thank you. Wow. Um, and you know, and I'm, I'm here to grow in the job, and I'm always working on my next promotion, right? My next, the next step, you know. So I'm, I'm here to go into it. And right now I'm, I'm what's called a staff scientist. And eventually I want to become a senior scientist. And, and that's what I'm working on, right? I'm always working on um, learning more, doing more projects, become, um, become a manager, manage people, manage different projects, and eventually become a senior scientist and on and on. But I also... One thing I'm doing a lot now is I have my podcast. So that's very important to me. I want to grow that and make that better and make that bigger. Mm. Um, attract more people. Um, right now, we're doing a lot of interviews of um, ex-football players, ex-basketball players, but also we are doing interviews of sports media members. And I enjoy that. I really enjoy that. It's really fun. Um, and I want to keep growing that podcast. I also have a, a meditation channel on YouTube, um, the, which is going, it's doing pretty well. So I want to keep growing that meditation channel. Um, I have a third channel coming out pretty soon later this fall. It's going to focus on food. Um, I'm a big foodie person. Okay. Okay. As you can tell, so um, and and I want to grow that channel is it was it's still in the works. We we're doing a lot of shooting right now. Um, it's still in the works, but eventually, when that channel comes out, I want to grow that channel. So I would say right now I'm very focused on my career, but I'm also doing a lot of YouTube work on the side, which I'm I want to grow and I want that to be um, very part of who I am and very part of my career as well. So a career in social media is very much is very much in the works for me as well. So what got you into a podcast? So can you take us to the mind process? Um, all this idea came about? Sure. Um, I've always wanted to do a food podcast. Like uh, um, not, not necessarily a podcast, but a food show. Because um, I watch a lot of 
shows on TV about people traveling the world and eating. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to travel the world and eat. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that looks fun, but it also... It was. It looks fun, but it also looks like something that I would really enjoy, you know. So okay. I've always wanted to do that. And then I met, I met one of my friends um, that I do the sports podcast with, John. He wanted to do a sports podcast. I love sports. I'm always talking about sports, and I was like, okay, let's get together. Let's do that. So we got together in 2020, right before the pandemic. We shot our first podcast. It went well. And we've been doing it since. We've been doing it every week. We've released a podcast every week. We've we've never missed a week. Okay. Uh, it's been I think right now we are we are on episode 122. Wow. So we've we've been at it and it's been great. I mean it's been sports. Like we just Every day you, you can sit at a table and talk sports with your friends, your coworkers, and now I'm just do, I'm just doing it on social media and hopefully making it part of my career. You know what I mean? So that's been very enjoyable. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you just mentioned uh, when I was when we first met, I, I was look I, I look like uh, Zach Randolph, right? But Zach Randolph is a lefty, so I'm a righty. So <laughs> well, I'm better, I was better than than, than Zach Randolph. <laughs> but no, no, that's that's all fun, man. And like I said, it's um this is Vladimir Alden Jr. So he's here with us today on our episode. This is um Divine Puppet Podcast. We're going to take a quick break and come back with um, our guest, special guest. It's a friend. We appreciate him being here today with us. What comes before making a smart decision? Choices. A smart choice is the best option, which is who we are. That's why our clients expect more from us and in return, get more in everything we do. We understand the problem. That's why we thrive for excellence. We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results from our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM, the smart choice. Yes, we're back with our episode, Divine Perfect Podcast. Excited to have this guest. So, Vladimir, we're going to go to a hot topic. Hot topic is a segment where we talk about um, different like a hot topics that people don't have a chance to, to go and to even ask you questions. And we're going to have some fun. Divine Perfect Podcast. We're back with uh, Vladimir Alden Jr. And now, question for you. Why is it so hard for Asian to work together? It's 
<laughs> it's the million dollar question, right? Because it's it's the question that we all ask ourselves sometimes. I think that's gonna change. I don't know why it's been hard, but I think that's gonna change. I think with this new generation of Haitian mm. people, I've look at us right now, me and you, right? We're we're I'm on your podcast, you're having me on, we you're asking me questions, and I've seen you interviewed more a lot of Haitian people on your podcast. And yes. I think I think there's a lot more collaboration now. And yeah, I think yeah. that because because we've asked this question more um, more and more, I think now we're like, let's just do it. Let's just get together and work together. I'm not sure why it's been so hard. I think it's been so hard because people are scared to bring people up and if you bring somebody up, then they might take your they might take your um, your, your 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 job or the um, the money that you're feeding your family or something like that. Um, I think with this new generation, we're learning that no, it's all about bringing people up. The more people you bring up, the more you bring yourself up. Yes. You know? And even at work now, I'm working with two Haitian guys um, that um, they hired at my job and. I, all I do is try to help those guys um, become better at the job and become and eventually get to where I am, you know. So um, I think that's changing. Yes. Yeah, so and I will go deeper a little bit on it because this is hot topic. I think there's a trust itch issue. Yeah. Yeah. So can you have you ever experienced that where you don't trust somebody because they are Haitian? No, I never feel as though I don't trust somebody because they're Haitian. Like I, I'm, I'm. So in general, I'm the kind of guy that goes in trusting people until they give me a reason not to trust them. Okay. So when because I have that attitude toward it, I never go in like, oh, I'm not gonna trust this guy because he's Haitian. No, 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 no. Um, I do think there's a trust issue. Like I'm saying, I think part of what I said earlier was that people feel as though they cannot trust people because either somebody's gonna take something away from them or that person is not gonna be honest with them um i personally don't feel that but i know that i've i've seen other people experience that i've heard my parents talk about people that in that that way and you you've seen in the haitian community yeah. where people are like oh he's haitian i'm not gonna i'm not i'm either not gonna work for them or not gonna um, partner with them because they, they don't treat sometimes Haitian people don't treat other Haitian people well and I think yeah. that's, that's where the mistrust sometimes comes from so do you see a better hope for Haiti and can you tell us about this <laughs> if, if you know it's a hot topic and it's your opinion yeah 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 come at you if you don't see it it's fine yeah um you know haiti is my first home my favorite home the place i want to be all the time yeah and because of that i want a better haiti um i want to uh, this is making it a little emotional i want to be able to go back home whenever i want i want to be able to go to the beach like i like when i take vacation i don't want to go to jamaica i don't want to go to puerto rico i want to be able to go to moulin sur i want to be able to go to the cameroon you know what i'm trying to say like i don't i i love my country so for for that reason I'm, i have a lot of hope for haiti I, I have a lot of hope that things will get better and that eventually 
in my lifetime i'm gonna be able to go on vacation in haiti and even possibly retire in haiti um but it's so hard right now to even imagine that with all that's going on all the kidnapping all the killings all the gangs that are ruling the country it's so hard to imagine that even even me sometimes i imagine me going back and helping out and i feel also sometimes if you go back and help out somebody's gonna want to hurt you because you're not giving them money or something you know what i'm trying to say so like um I, i i think i have a lot of hope for haiti but right now it's really hard to see the clarity in the hope like to see like the 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 light at the end of the tunnel right now it's really hard to see that so um yo vladimir you you've been very very helpful in terms of um being open and tell about um tell us about you your journey and your career last word for you um i don't have a lot of last words i think this was fun I really like um I really enjoy my time on the podcast. I think you have a pretty nice setup here Eddie and I really enjoy it. I, I would it. I would love to come back another time. Um You're been, welcome man. It's been it's been great and I look forward to working together with you. I think before we started recording we started talking about some of the ways we can Help uh, each other and help each other so I I'm looking forward to that. All right. So this is Eddie Dasius with Divine Purpose Podcast. We had um Vladimir Alden Jr. with us. He's a he's a Haitian, he's love sports, he, and he's also an engineer. He's an engineer consultant. So we had this episode we went deep into his past and it's in, into his passion and then he did great on hot topic so happy episode episode 34 this is eddie dasius divine public podcast thank you vlad we appreciate having you today thank you thank All you right. very much i mean take care <laughs>